Hello, and welcome to Hush Plus One. This week we have Belinda and Andrew of Superficial, a studio in New York that specializes in hyper-reality and virtual worlds. Take a listen and head over to their Instagram, Superficial Studio, to see some of their striking work. Hey, I'm Belinda. And I'm Andy. We're from Superficial. We're a digital art and design studio. Uh, you're, you're a digital art and design studio with a very unique aesthetic. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you do? Yeah, so I, I think we would describe our aesthetic as hyper-real. Um, so we like to take elements from our world, uh, physical things, and, and bring them into new vi- visual dimensions. Uh, we work a lot with CGI um, to craft these worlds that are kind of fantastical. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, some certain uh, projects that you've done. There was one, uh, I got Let's Remain Friends, you were showing us before. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be and what it is? Um, So Last One's Friend Blyburn or Let Us Remain Friends is a series of um, four short films. And the idea came to us because we're really interested in exploring um, their idea of uh, our virtual identities, you know, with the influx of technologies and screens and how that would change our relationships with one another. Um, so we then found um, the f- conceptual fashion designer, AB Screenwear, and actually found conceptually that her fashion designs were perfectly fit for the film. So because she was exploring a similar concept in her garments um so the films have four chapters um i see you i show you i tell you and i wait for you so the process of the films we shot everything on green screen um and then crafted these four different virtual worlds for the protagonist to live in hopefully we'll be able to uh, link to this from the podcast notes because it's something that everybody should just look at i think the visuals really speak for themselves it's great i I see that you've done some uh some ar work as well um with your hyper real worlds online you talk about some of those projects i guess ar is an area that we're you know still exploring at the moment um because one of the Um, limitations of AR right now is sometimes, you know, things still appear lo-fi. And for example, some of the things like if we want to have really high definition, like garment simulation, to have it work in AR, you often have to really simplify the meshes or, and then they appear jolty or things like that. So sometimes we haven't used AR as a medium as much, but I think with, um, you know, technology developing, hopefully we can, you know, get better results. Totally. There there are a lot of limitations with AR, but I was just thinking specifically of that, uh, that one application she did with the glasses where you could try on virtual glasses. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to talk about that for a second. Uh, yeah, that, so that's a project that we worked with uh, a startup uh, in New York called King Children. Uh, so they're a 3D printed eyewear startup. Uh, so you get to try on glasses uh, in their AR app. 
uh, where you can customize them to your face and have them printed on demand. Uh, so uh, a new way uh, for, for purchasing physical goods that cuts out a lot of the waste. Uh, I think I want to actually digress a little bit. Um, I'm interested in how you guys came to this. Um, you said earlier that you met in high school and were collaborating in high school. Can you talk a little bit about that, like your process to get to where you are now? Yeah, it's interesting. So we, yeah, we met each other in high school and um, both of us studied design at uni or college. Um, so we often, you know, whenever we had free time, we would, we used to do art projects together or, you know, things, um, interactive projects. So we've always collaborated um, whenever we had spare time. And then we, our backgrounds are in design. So prior to starting Superficial, um, I worked at design studios and yeah, so did Andrew. And um, we also lived in, you know, a couple of different places. So we lived in Berlin, Shanghai, and then New York for the last seven years. Um, so yeah, after, I guess. What made you decide to just pack up and move to New York? Uh, we were actually living in Shanghai at the time. Uh, and then we came to New York for two weeks for a vacation. Uh, just kind of really liked the energy of the city uh, and decided that that's where we wanted to be. Uh, and be part of that. And yeah, so we just decided to pack up and move. You over. just did it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Excellent. So um, judging by your accents, you are from Australia. Yes. Uh, Melbourne? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, just trying to get that whole story right. You've been working for studios in all of those places, doing design career, and then you decided to make your own. How's the transition from being paid by other people to owning your own business? How has that gone? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the goal behind starting our own studio was we were kind of always working on these side projects that were our passion um, and, you know, finding time to do them. Uh, and then at some point we decided, like, let's try to make that side project the real project. And so we still kind of keep up that ideology of following our passion. And we do very regularly studio initiated projects. And that helps to try to kind of drive the work that we do as a studio. So we put that out there um, and then... You know, people see things that we do and they like it. And then we're able to turn that into a business. It sounds a lot like an art practice that you happen to also market. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. probably <laughs> describe it that way. <laughs> I would love for you to tell, talk a little bit more about, about some of the other things. I've noticed that you guys do a lot of virtual flowers and natural things. Is there a reason that you're really into artificial nature? Again, I think this one comes back to our interest in combining the real world and the, the virtual world and, and finding interesting ways to make it uh, more fantastical. So, yeah, I mean, we look around and, and the most beautiful things in the world are generally natural. Uh, and so we take them and, you know, play with them and make them... Uh, make them virtual natural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the virtual world that we're going to inhabit one day, you know, we need to make it nice. <laughs> you think about... Uh, about the singularity and then creating artificial real worlds. So something that just sort of you daydream about. They're nodding. Yeah. They're both nodding right here. <laughs> so you showed us a new project that is about to go live called the Virtual Fashion Archive. Looked super cool, and we'll definitely link that in the notes. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about how that is, what that is? Yeah, so the Virtual Fashion Archive is... Uh, a collection of archival fashion garments uh, that have been virtualized, so brought into, uh, created digital doubles of them, so they're brought into virtual space uh, as realistic as 
possible um, so that we can broaden access to them and, and bring them to life so that people can see them in motion, they can engage with them, they can uh, participate and uh, yeah, really discover these garments the way they were intended. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, a, lot of, a lot of fashion exhibits are just, you've got a mannequin and you've got some pictures of this garment being worn and then you can go up and sort of look around. This is a yeah. totally different way to experience that. Yeah, we really wanted to, um, yeah, open access for people to engage with these really important, culturally significant fashion garments because, you know, not everyone can have access to visit a particular exhibition or museums. And, um, yeah, like you said, often it's always static or there's a still imagery. So, yeah, that's really how the idea was born um, for this project. And, yeah, we, we really hope to continue to add to the virtual fashion archive and then, yeah, allow people to really discover and interact with these, um, yeah, beautiful fashion pieces online. So uh, the, the whole idea is that you've got virtual clones of these, uh, these garments and they actually move with virtual models and actors on the site, and you can actually interact with them, right? What are yeah. some of the what are some of the challenges that you found uh, actually virtualizing fabric? I think one of the challenges is really getting the accuracy of how the fabric can move in virtual space. So in the three um, D garment creation software program, you know we can select various different fabric presets, and then there's a lot of different, um, I guess, sliders or variables that you can change to try and um, get the fabric accuracy um, as close to the actual garment as possible. Um, we talked a little bit about it earlier. It's the challenge with archival garments is that, you know, we can't easily cut out a piece of the fabric to actually measure, you know, the density, the weft. They probably don't and really want you to touch no, it. No, no, they don't at all. So a lot of it, you know, is trial and error um, to try and get that simulation exactly right. Um, but I think if, for example, if it was a newer garment or something that where we had the access to the fabric, then the accuracy can definitely be, you know, pretty close to the original well, I can't wait to I can't wait to play with the not fully live version of that right after this. Um, thank you guys so much for coming. Um, anything you want to plug before we leave? Yeah, check out the Virtual Fashion Archive, and which is going to be available at virtualfashionarchive.com. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and thanks so much for having us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and yeah, great meeting you us. all. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. 